Hey guys, this is Scott, and before we embark upon what promises to be a down-to-earth yet powerful episode of The Mountaintop, I want to tell you about something new I've been working on. It's called UnchainedOffice.com. Now, actually, about 10 years ago, Emily and I were talking quite a bit to people about how to break free of the day job and experience that freedom that lifestyle entrepreneurship brings. Well, we've revived the website at unchainedoffice.com, and I want to invite you to go over there, check out all the brand new articles, lots of free content there, and actually sign up for the newsletter where I'll send you more wonderful ways where you can live the lifestyle you want to live, work for yourself, and break free of the chains that are binding you to your cubicle or whatever day job is that you've been dying to get away from. That's all there for you at www.unchainedoffice.com. There'll be some videos coming up there for you. I want you to get in on the ground floor there so you don't miss a beat. And most of all, I want you to enjoy the freedom that you were meant to live, doing what you love, leaving the world a better place, and going on all the wonderful adventures that you'd like to cross off your bucket list. And now, here's episode number 123. It's a good, solid one, guys, and you're going to love it. Live from the mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Okay, gentlemen, here we are with another episode of the world-famous Mountaintop Podcast. My name is Scott McKay, coming at you from sunny San Antonio, Texas. With me today is a new friend of mine. His name is Robert Manny, and he comes from New York City. And he's a writer, a blogger, and the author of The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. He's also the host of The Guy's Guy Radio Show, which comes on every week. Robert, how's it going, man? Great. Hey, thanks, Scott. Great to be here on the mountaintop. Yeah, man. And it's been a bit of a time coming. I've uh, noticed you around, and we've chit-chatted on Facebook before. But here we are on the show. I was uh, blessed and honored to be on your show last week and uh, happy to return the favor. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how men and women communicate or the failure thereof. I've actually called the show what we have here is failure to communicate in homage to one of my favorite movies, which is Cool Hand Luke. And the topic for this show was your idea. So uh, why don't we start off with your take on exactly where the crux of the matter is today in terms of men and women communicating? I mean, it's an age old issue, but it seems like there's been some, you know, recent complexities. Well, first of all, I, I love Cool Hand Luke, one of my favorite movies also. So we're simpatico once again. Um, you know, the inspiration, I wrote a novel uh, a couple of years ago called The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And it's a tale about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's kind of what's been described as a male sex in the city. And it's interesting because my inspiration for the novel was the fact that I noticed a increasing chasm in communication between men and women, failure to communicate, failure to understand each other. And I think since from that time I had that brain fart, if you will, uh, I think it's gotten worse. And now we have Me Too and we have all other, uh, lots of other issues that uh, men and women have to deal with in terms of uh, how do we communicate with each other. And it's just tough. And anybody who's been in a a long-term relationship, uh, any guy out there who's been in a relationship, live in or married with a woman knows that, you know, women can communicate with each other differently. They communicate with us differently and we are more direct and to the point and they'll talk, uh, uh, approach things from a lot of different angles. And uh, a lot of times guys are 
are just like, hey, you want this solved? Do this. And uh, that's not how it goes. So uh, I think that also takes uh, has to be taken into consideration when you're dating and creating a relationship. You have to understand that the other person you deal with has a different way of communicating. And we have to learn to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And uh, one of the things that really caught my attention when you were talking was this idea of how women can communicate with each other all day long. And it seems like we as guys are kind of like by the book in terms of seeing things black and white, wanting to fix things, uh, getting down to business. Do you think that's a huge part of how men and women miscommunicate? Because it would seem to me that, you know, if we would just maybe get in tune with exactly what you said, both genders, male and female, if you believe in two genders, as I do, would just really be able to figure this out. But yet all the problems seem to persist. There's got to be some complexities in there somewhere. Well, I think it's been going on, Scott, for forever. Uh, sure. is, you know, it's been going on forever. And it's interesting. Last night uh, I was listening. My wife was on the phone and she was dealing with first her sister and then somebody else doing a real estate uh, transaction. And um, the way the women were talking to each other, they were they would be kind of talking around. They were talking about the issue, but they would never one would never directly say, this is what I need. This, this and this. It was this dance this communication dance. And I, I walked over to my wife and said, ask for this one, two, three. And, uh, she never actually did specifically that, but she, I think she's getting what she needed to get, but it's just a different approach. It takes longer. There's more of a sensitivity to it. And I think that's how women, uh, communicate with us, with us guys. And, uh, they must think we're real brutes because guys, when we're with each other, you just basically say what you think. If something's broken, how do you fix it? And I think a situation where this comes into full effect is when if you're with your girlfriend or your wife or your living companion, whatever, and she comes home and you meet her after a long day at work and she talks about what's been going on. I think guys make that classic mistake in trying to fix you – know, they hear it and they want to fix the woman's problem. And the woman really doesn't want the problem fixed by the guy. She wants somebody to be there and to empathize and to listen and to pay attention. And uh, that's where I think guys sometimes lose their way because we are so programmed for whatever reason to fix things that a very left brain, if you will – um, that when we are dealing with a right brain situation, we get a little bit flustered because we're so black and white, as you say, Scott, in terms of how to deal with issues. And when you have two people who communicate so differently, uh, there really needs to be uh, empathy and a love there for people to be able to communicate so they can get their point across, they can actively listen, and they can have a fulfilling relationship instead of just people throwing up their hands and saying, I can't deal with this guy, or I, like, I'm sick of listening to her, or whatever. Yeah, there's nothing like coming home from a hard day's work and trying to decompress from that and having your wife hit you with everything that happened all day as soon as you get home from work before you can even crack a beer, right? And you know, as you're talking about that specific scenario, I can't help but think about how things have gotten even more complex between men and women in relationships. And you would think that some of these angry women out there in the name of feminism are trying to drive even more of a wedge between male-female communication. Because what you're talking about in terms of guys trying to fix things and say, hey, do this, that, and the other is decried as mansplaining by the feminist movement. All right. Exactly. And we're thinking like mansplaining. I was just trying to help. And now all of a sudden I'm some kind of monster just because I was trying to do my job around here. And I think that's contributing to an even greater chasm between how men and women communicate. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I don't know if they think we're monsters. They just uh, that a lot of ladies think that we don't get it because they have a, you know, they have a different way of communicating. And if we're not communicating on the same wavelength as they are, they don't necessarily like in the an example I stated about, you know, listening to your partner when she comes home, talk about what's been going on at work and you want to offer solutions. She's not, there's, there's no right or wrong here, but the point is she's not looking for solutions. She's looking for you to listen and empathize and kind of be there uh, for support. And, you know, guys, you know, we'll come home and we'll talk about issues that we have at work and might say, I want to do this or that. And a lot of times the partner, the wife, the girlfriend uh, will offer some very keen insights into the other person that we're dealing with and or into the situation and be extremely helpful. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of everybody taking a breath, uh, exhaling and uh, and being simpatico with the, the other person is your partner. You know, they might communicate in a different way, but we all have the same goal and that's to get along and make uh, our lives better for each other. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, certainly both men and women can do well listening to each other. Uh, one of the things I like to talk about in my writings is how men often don't understand the whole idea of women wanting a man who listens. And the way I always explain it is, hey, you know what? She's not trying to get you to obey her right. by listening. It's it's how can you possibly know how to make a plan, be a leader, uh, be a provider, be a protector, be all those things that turn her on in your non-toxic masculinity as opposed to mansplaining, which I guess would right. – somehow equate to the toxic version of masculinity in some women's mind. How can you possibly know her wants, fears, needs, dreams, distastes, what she loves, if you're not listening to her, if you don't know what those things are, you can't possibly make decisions that are in the best interest of the family or do those things that are going to make her relax in her femininity, right? Exactly. Uh, uh, we, I mean, guys, if you if you you want to have a good relationship with your partner, you better listen, or it's going to be over, and you're going to get blindsided. I think one of the mistakes that guys make is that they're not paying attention to their partner; they're paying attention to themselves. Uh, I, and I don't. Th I think women are much better at listening and paying attention to the details, knowing if you come home, if you're not in a great mood, knowing that maybe something's on your mind, knowing when you need to just kick back. Women have a, their intuition and their sensitivity and their paying attention are wonderful qualities that they uh, exhibit uh, on a daily basis because, I don't know, that's just how they are. Men are not as adept at that unless we practice. And I think a lot of guys, you know, they might want to talk to their partner, but they're usually talking about themselves and their problem. And they're t not taking a lot of time to find out, well, what's going on with my partner? How is she doing? How might she feel about this? You know, even though guys feel they can solve a lot of problems and be a provider and be a protector and all of that, it takes more to a relationship than, uh, just those things. But we do get caught up, Scott. Uh, you take the situation where um, women now, their roles have changed because they're in the workplace and senior level positions and they're kicking ass and they're doing great. And a lot of dating experts that I've talked to, particularly women dating experts, they say the biggest challenge they have with their female clients is to get them, is getting them to dial down their kind of alpha role when they're dating. Yet, uh, on the flip side of that, they, to a person, Women want to date guys, real guys, and part of that is taking the lead. So although the women are capable of leading and capable of succeeding in the, you know, the commercial world, 
they want a guy who'll step up and make a plan for a date and kind of listen to them and know what their interests are and come up with something and take them out the first time, pick up the check and, and be a leader that way. And it's unfortunately, that's a little confusing for guys because they're not as adept to kind of dialing up and down their personality to match with what the current situation needs and moods are of their partner. It's a skill. It's a, it's a, it's, it's definitely a skill. It's an art as well as a science. And women are innately great at it and men are innately not very good at it. Well, I think also in addition to every bit of what you just said, Robert, uh, guys are also confused about what it means to be a man in that specific context nowadays. I mean, okay, she's a captain of industry. She's making her own money. She wants to lead. And, you know, just. A few days ago, I showed Emily a meme I found on Facebook where it's a guy narrating that, hey, you know, we as white men have been in charge too long. It's time to go into the background and the future is female and we should let women take charge. And so that's the message guys are hearing from a certain segment of the population. And it seems to be coming from women. So what we do is we go, all right, okay, well, I'll just back off and let the women lead. And then in the context of relationships, they wonder why they're being stuck in the just be friend zone all the time. And they're like, isn't this what women said they wanted? But in reality, it's not what, first of all, every woman wants. In fact, it's a small segment of the population that's out there screaming for men to stop leading. Second of all, even if they want to lead at work, you know, uh, be an alpha person, exactly the way you described in their dating lives. And in terms of what turns them on sexually, nothing has changed for millennia. It's still men leading, men having a plan, men being able to provide and protect, even if it's not on their plate to do all of the providing and all of the protecting in today's world, it doesn't change how women are turned on, right? Yeah. Here's, here's how it gets complicated. Here's an example. So that the guy listened to, he meets this new woman and he listens that she, he knows she likes uh, tapas and uh, he, he comes up with a plan. I want to take you to this tapas place in Midtown. And she's like, OK, but she has already been there because she likes tapas. She's been taken there before and she knows this new out of the way place that nobody knows about yet. Like she's more advanced in the tapas tasting world than he is. And she has someplace else she'd really rather go. And then you're, and you have this conundrum. Does she tell the guy? If she tells the guy, how does he take it? Does he just, does all the air come out of his balloon? So let's say she tells the guy, well, how about we try this other place? Uh, I've been there before. It's good, but let's try this other place. Now, I would I would suggest to the man that he should say, sure, I, I haven't tried that place either. You know, that, that sounds good and not take it personally. Um, he could also say, well, I really would like to try this place first as a starter, because I'm really not that sophisticated one comes to tapas. What do you think? But I would say the former than the latter would be the way to go because you know what? He just wants to please her, take her out on a fun date. If she has a, he came up with a plan. She recognizes that he came up with a plan. She actually has something to add. And if that's, if that might be a better, cooler place or more adventurous, Hey, Hey, why not? So guys have to have the confidence in everything they do, you know, just because somebody goes on Facebook and says, hey, guys, get out of the way. White guys, get out of the way. Let's uh, let women do the leading now. That doesn't mean you have to do that. Just do your thing. My advice to men is be a man. Do your thing. And if you treat people uh, respectfully, if you recognize the divinity in everybody, that means everybody then you shouldn't have too many problems. You're going to deal with some people who are jerks, of course, or who go overboard with some of these things or take it out, like make it like it's, it's open season against men. But, you know, you just have to be a gentleman, do your thing, and not let the noise get to you. 
Well, first of all, down here in Texas, you have to be very fastidious about your pronunciation when you announce to a woman you want to take her to a tapas bar or else, you know, you may get slapped. Topless. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of tapas here in San Antonio. It's mostly tacos. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think we have like two in the entire area code. All right. But, sushi. All right. <laughs> well, sushi we got actually pretty mm-hmm. damn good sushi, by the way. But I hear exactly what you're saying. Just because someone is trying to control the narrative doesn't mean you have to let them control your truth. And who you are is very important in that context. And of course, that turns women on too. I love what you said about taking her to the tapas bar and her saying, you know, well, I've been to that one about 16 times now. There's a new one that opened up. I'd like to go to that one. Some guys are thinking, okay, well, this is some kind of test. You know, like they've read about in pickup artist books and I need right. to stand up to her and I need to pass this test. Well, hell no. It's just a conversation. She's telling you she's been exactly. to this place 16 times. Can we please go to the other one? And she's not taking the wheel of your car and steering you to that other restaurant. She's making a suggestion. And what guys fail to realize is when they follow that suggestion, they're not necessarily surrendering leadership in context. They're still making the decision to follow her suggestion. It's still your decision. So are we going to do what's in the woman's best interest or are we going to be selfish? And when we do what's in a woman's best interest, she feels safer. She feels more secure and she's getting more turned on by you. It's when we're boorish and obstinate in the name of somehow leading that a we're failing to listen to her in the way that we just talked about at length, Robert, but B we're also failing to turn her on. It's just not sexy. And I think it all comes down to something that occurred to me a few minutes ago as we were talking. People have gotten more selfish. We are a much more narcissistic culture, and that's not only affecting our relationships in general, it's affecting how we communicate in particular, because everybody's trying to get their needs met. And everybody's thinking to themselves, how come this other person just doesn't shut up and do what I want? How come they don't hear me? How come they're not communicating my way? And how come I have to communicate their way? And there's just kind of an undercurrent of selfishness to this whole thing, isn't there nowadays, more than ever? Yeah, I think the litmus test is in the in the situation we uh, use an example. Um, if the guy thinks about, okay, what if it was one of my best buddies? And he said, yeah, uh, I know that place. I got this place. It's even better. It's really cool. Let's try that. You'd probably say, oh, hell yeah, I'll go. And you know, so you have to stop overthinking uh, because it's a woman. She's still a person. Treat her the way a lot of times you would your best friend in terms of uh, respect. And don't take it so seriously. Not not everything a woman says is some type of test for you. Just if it sounds like a good idea and you'd be interested, go along with it. If you really, really wanted to go to that first place and you want to really dig in on that, I mean, that's your choice. But I would recommend against it. I think, uh, you know, dating is a fun sport and it's a team sport. So have a good time. You're with a woman. And if you get lucky, you're going to be in bed with her and you're going to have a heck of a lot of fun. So just don't overthink it. Have fun and be respectful. I like to think of dating as an extreme sport, an adrenaline <laughs> rush. <laughs> it can be. Especially when you're doing online dating and you're about to meet her for the first time. And, man, it could go either way. And that's an adrenaline rush right there. Uh, I agree 100% with everything you said. And to me, it just smacks of a guy who's secure and has positive self-esteem and has relaxed in the notion that, hey, you know what? Women are going to find me attractive. Let's just go out and have fun. Or not. Grip- or, or not. Or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I believe that confidence is the number one indicator of 
whether a guy is good with women or not. And that confidence manifests itself in, I believe women should like me and want to go out with me instead of, I believe every date I'm going to go on is going to be humiliating and she's going to reject me. It's that fear of rejection and fear of loss as opposed to, I'm just going to relax and assume this will go well because it usually does. And man, either way is a self-fulfilling prophecy, frankly. But what guys do when they're trying to somehow impress her is sometimes they try to impress her with their incredible knowledge and their incredible control of the situation. Oh yeah, I know better than you. When what you said is so true, Robert, they're human beings. All of this talk about, you know, men and women being completely different species. Guys, listen, I promise your DNA is closer to hers than it is to say a chimpanzee. I promise. Okay. So she's going to respond socially in many ways, the same way you would. I mean, men and women are both from Earth, okay? Let's just throw that out on the table. And so when you're just being obstinate and you're just being disagreeable for the sake of making your point and being correct, you're kind of going to be a douche, you know? I mean, you can even take kind of out of that sentence, and that's going to lead you nowhere. It's not a big power struggle to decide where you're going to eat. Take her where she wants to go. As a matter of fact, if you've been talking to her before you go out with her, if you know her at all, socially, in any way, shape, or form, she's going to tell you what she likes. If she's allergic to dairy, you don't say, hey, let's go grab a pizza. Wouldn't that be wonderful? She's going to roll her eyes and go, wait for it. This guy just doesn't know how to listen. Right. Right. Yep. Well, listen, it's tough for guys. This is a time where uh, women are getting their – they're on the rise and they're getting their long overdue uh, long overdue recognition. Sure. And the bottom line is even with all these uh, you know, kind of power guys who've got money who have been so abusive to women, the numbers don't lie. Women have been treated terribly and they're still treated terribly uh, in many places around the world. So we have to be – and we're not women. So guys have to be sensitive about that and uh, – they have to be uh, not so judgmental if, if women kind of get their hackles up uh, at, at certain times. On the flip side, women aren't perfect either when it comes to the dating mating dance. A lot of times guys can feel like when they go on that first date that it's it's a job interview because sometimes women have kind of a list in mind. They'll kind of check you out to figure out. They try to sort out, okay, based what's your profession, how much money, all this stuff. And there are there are women like that. Why? Because there are people like that and they're going to be very status driven. And a lot of times guys will they'll kind of shrink in the, in the moment because they might not feel like they're good enough. And I would advise guys never feel that way. Just be who you are. And uh, if you share the same values with your prospective partner, things could work out. You can't control chemistry and attraction, but um, if you share the same values, things can work out. And if, if somebody is not going to, they're going to judge you or they're not going to think you're good enough for them. Well, Ultimately, it's not going to turn out to be a good relationship. So uh, that's why you have a lot of people where they are crazy about somebody who's not crazy about them and they just hang on and they hang on and they hang on and they don't realize that why would you want to actually be with somebody who doesn't really want to be with you? Well, that's because they feel like they don't have any other options. Maybe at the moment. Right. Well, I mean, it's a matter of do I feel like, oh, my God, I've got to get this person to become my next boyfriend or girlfriend or else I'm going to have to start all over again trying to find someone else. And that's going to take forever. It's that fear of loss. It's it's whoever is a chooser versus whoever is a chaser, right? Well, uh, you know, 
uh, starting all over again, if the payoff is you end up with somebody with your soulmate or your perfect companion and somebody who really loves you that you really love, the faster you can get out, the faster you can get started, the better it is. So I think it's like a half full or half empty way of looking at that glass. I know you have to start over, but starting over can be great because new love is exciting and new love is like springtime. So uh, to me, the faster somebody comes to realization is, you know what? She doesn't want me. I got to move on because there's women out there who want me. So uh, that's my take on it. It's tough though. Well, again, it's all a mindset. Do you fear the loss or do you believe in the abundance of, you know, okay, we've been on this date and I'm not being personally rejected. This isn't an affront to my self-worth. Rather, this is simply a situation that didn't work out. I'm going to go find someone who is more connected with me and I'll be much happier. And this is something I talk about all the time, Robert, is this whole idea of, look, if you're just chasing and chasing and chasing because you fear loss and you fear the rejection, that's how your life is going to look. That's the lens through which you're going to see things. And I think a lot of times guys go out on these dates, like you talked about, where the woman's brought a list with her. Mental list. Yeah. And you've got a, well, sometimes it's a physical list from what I've heard. And they start <laughs> rattling off all these questions and you feel like you've got to answer them all correctly or you're going to be kicked to the curb. And then you answer them all correctly and you're still kicked to the curb. Why? Because you were so compliant in letting her take the lead at dinner and being a nice little cuck and answering all of her questions. You know, it's like, what do these women want? Again, it comes down to communication. By the way, almost every time I hear this specific topic of a woman bringing a mental list to dinner and asking how much did you make, blah, 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 it's coming from a guy in New York. Almost Mm -hmm. always. I mean, I've coached guys in New York and they talk about that problem like it's the number one issue in New York. So, I mean, it must be really tough out there to be dating in New York because first of all, I mean, I guess a lot of women are very success driven, very status driven. You know, you know, New York is the land of if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. So maybe it just attracts that sort of person. Well, here, let me give you a little insight on that. Um, The the pros and cons. Yes, what you're saying is true. I can't compare. I mean, L.A. I think is like that. Any major city is like that also. But. When you have a city like New York, you have people coming here from there's a lot of big industries that are headquartered here and you have people coming in from all over the world. It's like the all star team of the all star. Let's say the U.S. is the all star team for the world. Well, New York can be some consider it the all star team for the U.S. because you have all this talent. I grew up in a New York area. I came into work in New York City. Not only did I have to compete with my peers from New Jersey and Long Island and the Bronx and every place else had people coming in from all over the country and all over the world into the same companies. So it is highly competitive. Uh, on the flip side to that, so a lot of people are status driven and it is expensive to live here. And what, what are you going to do? If somebody has their list, they have their list. But the good news is there's more women here and they're sharp and they're smart and they're good looking and they're active and they're educated and they're cultural and they're fun here than anywhere. It's just a matter of, can you get into a conversation with them? And if you do, and you're a good guy and you're somewhat successful, you can, you can have a pretty good time here. I was single for a lot of years and I got to tell you, I met a lot of fantastic women and, uh, it wasn't necessarily my good looks and my success. It was just that, I was comfortable in being who I was, and there was uh, there's so many of them out there. Women outnumber the men, and they are desperate to meet good guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hear that from New York also, particularly when I talk to the women. And 
I think it's a combination of several things playing there. First of all, you're in New York City. There are millions and millions of people within a square mile of you. You should have options. You shouldn't feel so lonely in a big city, yet people still do. Yes. But the options are there if you know how to capitalize on the opportunities, right? Yes. But, um, you know, what we're talking about here in terms of communication, I still think it's tricky because – Again, guys are seeing the political message and they're thinking, okay, well, is this woman going to believe like that? Or, you know, should I be more in my masculine and should I take control? Should I be a leader? So when this woman comes to dinner with a list, a laundry list of questions for me to answer, my impulse as a guy here in San Antonio, Texas, from my perspective is I should say to her, hey, look, you know what? All those questions are wonderful. And I can assure you, that I don't have any skeletons in my closet. Well, for me, that's the case. If you're a guy with skeletons in the closet, your mileage may vary, of course. Um, but I can assure you that I don't have any skeletons in my closet, and all those questions will be answered wonderfully. But given that I don't even know you yet, and you don't even know me, why don't we relax and see if we get along and enjoy each other's company here? Because until that happens, the questions really don't matter. You know, I would rather find someone I relate with rather than someone whose questions I can answer affirmatively. And if she doesn't like that, then, you know, coming from your mindset, which I'm on board with, by the way, you should kick her to the curb. I mean, who wants to be in a relationship with someone like that? Maybe she'll learn. Maybe she won't from the experience. My guess is the latter. But the purpose of a first date, in my mind, is to communicate, not check off all her check boxes. Well, I would say that, you know, uh, I wouldn't take it quite that seriously because you're going to get some of that and she if she's still you know regardless if she still wants to get that information um just uh, to me if you have nothing to hide and she wants to uh, you know go through some of that stuff and you can see through it that she's you know fishing with her list then just answer the best you can make some funny comments have some fun with it and then hopefully you'll be able to move on uh it's it could be semi-innocent because so many of the women have their must-haves and and that's good if they have, you know, three must-haves. Okay, that's – I'm sure guys have three must-haves also. But when it gets to the uh, really long list and sometimes the longer some of these ladies have been dating uh, and have been looking for a partner, the longer the list can get, you know, then then you'll see through it and then you just wrap things up. You're not going to be able to be in a position to challenge them on it because then it's just going to go down the hill quickly because people will just like get up and leave in, here in New York. They're just, you know, <laughs> it's like you have to you have to have kind of make it a dance and have some fun with it. And if somebody's being like that, um, being real with them may not may not work, even though I completely agree with what you're saying. Well, maybe I live west of the Hudson and that's my problem. But I'll tell you, <laughs> I would say let them leave. Now, obviously, there's degrees to what we're talking about here. Sure. I mean, if she just happens to ask you what you do for a living and, you know, what is your five-year plan and what kind of guy are you, I think that falls under the category of getting to know each other. Yeah. But I mean, hell, dude, if it feels like she's on a mission instead of a date, screw that figuratively. <laughs> you know, I don't have any time for that. I don't want a woman in my life if that's how she runs things. I mean, like you said, dating is supposed to be a sport. Not like I've punched into another clock and I've got to perform on the job. You know, I mean, I should be on my off time there. So, yeah, man, I'm completely on board with you in the sense that, 
you know, you should relax and not necessarily feel like you're being put under the spotlight. But I'd absolutely would challenge her if she's coming with an entire laundry list of things I must answer correctly. And I feel like I'm being put on the spot. I mean, after all, if I'm sitting there like a dancing monkey answering her questions, then who's evaluating who here? I mean, I need to know if she's good for me too. I have some questions of my own. You know what I mean? And I just, I would find that if I'm in a situation where the woman has taken the reins and it's up to me to answer all her questions accordingly, uh, I can either get up and leave or I can do some Aikido there and help us figure out whether we're going to actually get along here or not. But, you know, maybe the whole laundry list of things in and of itself speaks for itself. You know, maybe we're not going to get along if she's like that. The other thing that you talked about there is injecting some fun and some humor into the situation. And I agree a thousand percent that that tends to anesthetize the situation a little bit from being so damn serious to being a little bit more fun. When women would ask me what I did for a living and back when I was dating, I had a perfectly good answer to that. Um, nowadays, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I, mm. I talked to guys who are single Hi. dating coaches and there are absolutely two camps as to whether they're telling women on dates what they do or not. It's kind of funny. But uh, when women ask me what I did for a living, I would say things like, well, you know, I was driving 18-wheelers full of illegal aliens back and forth from Guatemala, but there was that time I forgot to leave the vent open in the trailer, and it kind of didn't end well, so I retired from it. Or, uh, you know, at that time, I had my daughter living with me, and I would say, well, you know, I had um, my daughter selling pencils on the street corner, but, you know, after a few weeks of that, <laughs> ends weren't really meeting, so I had to, you know, do something else. But And then they would laugh invariably. Well, just, just out of fairness, Scott, you know, the woman's not going to just go, you know, question number one, question number two. It's not going to be they're, – they're smart, they, but you, you'll be able to tell during the conversation that women are trying to figure out who you are, what you do, how much you're worth very quickly. And uh, another thing that's tough for guys um, is that whereas we kind of agreed that women are on the ascent and they're getting their long overdue recognition, um, the guys are in a different point. They're uh, – you know, you take the millennial men and they're caught somewhere between the MMA and manscaping and then you've got the boomer who still define themselves by their job title and their bank account and uh, nothing things haven't changed and uh, they have to change they have to adapt because women are changing and women are ascending and guys are kind of looking around and uh, not sure what to do and women communicate with each other about everything and guys don't most guys are kind of lone wolves uh, in how they live and we don't share too much with our friends um, unless it's something really serious uh, or really funny and uh, women talk about anything with women they have just met uh, if they're simpatico so uh, it's interesting dynamic and it's a it's a challenge for guys but I like to say that this is the best time ever for guys to be single, because if you are comfortable in your own skin and you have your act together and you just do your thing the way you want to do it and follow your dream and follow your truth, as you say, Scott, then you can have lots and lots of women companionship. Well, they're easier to find than ever before because you have online dating, you have right. apps. I mean, you know who the single women are by finding them online. You have more information about the women who are out there than ever before. But I also agree with you that it's tougher to communicate than ever before in that, uh, you know, first of all, men don't have a whole lot of friends. And we've done a whole show on that before, which was fascinating, by the way. The average number of close friends that men feel like they can confide in in life is zero. I mean, it's closer to zero than one. Yep. Um, so that is a problem, and women do talk with each other all the time. So we're left really with social media to tell us the way things are out there. And like I said earlier, um, you know, we were talking about this. 
you've got a situation where the angry people get the microphone. So guys are left thinking, all right, well, this is how women are nowadays. My response to that, Robert, before we move on to the next topic here, is, you know, women and men really haven't changed. Sex is the most powerful force in the universe. Masculinity and femininity are still the catalyst of sexual attraction. So, you know, if you're respectful and you're treating her like a human being and, you know, you can relax and not be so utterly scared of the dating process, all those things that we talk about, you and I talking about constantly in terms of men becoming better with women on the more macro level, then yes, you're damn skippy. This is the best time to be alive when it comes to dating women. In part also because so many guys are so scared and they don't grasp that last point I made about, you know, if you're a good guy, you just need to keep doing what you've been doing and the women will keep being who they've always been. And I know that sounds really Pollyannish to a lot of guys, but I'm telling you, gentlemen, put it to the test. Just be a man who loves women, who respects them, but still acts like a man and see where that gets you in life and see how all these things, all this chirping going on in the background kind of sort of fades because it doesn't apply to you. You're not a me too pose simply because you're masculine or you're male. That is the opinion of very few women and they tend to be angry and tend to have reasons in their mind why they hate men so much. Well, if you're not a hateable guy, then just don't date those women. Find the women who are still very eager to have a guy in their life who's a good man and they want to be a good woman for him. Agree. Now, Robert, you talked earlier about the whole idea of women talk a lot and they talk to each other. And usually they're very subtle, whereas men are generally using fewer words and they're getting straight to the point. I mean, they're straight away telling you, okay, do this, do that, the other, and how that's a huge difference between men and women. And I'm reminded of a time when I was in college and I used to have a lot of female friends because I've always loved women. And I wandered into lunch a different time than I usually did. And I saw four women, four girls, you know, 19, 20 year old girls having lunch. And I decided to join them. And I put my tray there and started talking to these four women, you know, how's your day, this, that, and the other. And all of them were just kind of being cordial with me. Like, Oh yeah, it's going really well. And they kind of looked at each other and gave like furtive glances across the table. And it took me a good solid five minutes of just being a dumbass, you know, <laughs> to realize they were in the middle of an argument. And it was a subtle under the current, you know, they're kind of jabbing at each other under the radar kind of argument. They're having a little bit of a tiff, but yep. they were so subtle about it. I didn't even notice. And the one who I was closest with, saw me later in the day and she came over and patted me on the shoulder and just started giggling and went, you guys, I just love boys. I'm like, why? And she's like, you completely came to the table trying to be all light and happy and just being a guy. And you didn't even realize what was going on. You don't speak womanese at all. <laughs> and I was like, well, I kind of figured it out after a while, but you know, she was like, you know, it was just, we laughed about it afterwards. I mean, we love you. We think you're great, but boy, are you a guy? You are not a woman. And I'll never forget that experience. Of course, I'm paraphrasing everything she said, but I, it went completely over my head that they were in the middle of an argument. Cause I mean, if I'm a guy and I'm arguing with someone, you know, we're going to have it out. It's going to be thrown on the table and the gloves are off, you know? And so I couldn't help but think how true that was about how women kind of let things simmer, you know, over time. They don't get right to the point. And, we as guys really do do well to figure that out, don't we? It'll change our lives. Well, I think uh, it's a good idea to read the room, no matter if you're dealing with men or women, before you <laughs> kind of 
barge in on something, uh, and I'm not saying that's what you were doing by any uh, I'm means. I'm sure I was. I was, just, I was the 20 year old version of me. Uh, you know, I didn't have anything figured out <laughs> at that point. So fire away. But, but even the uh, target. You know, even Mick Jagger makes sure he checks out the audience and connects with each section of the stadium when he plays, when the Stones play. So it's 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 important that we kind of hold ourselves back. Just take, you know, when you go into a room, pick up on the vibe. When you're dealing with a new person, whether it's a man, a woman, whatever, listen a little bit. Pay attention to see if how their energy is because, uh, first of all, it'll help you in life. And secondly, it'll certainly help you in dealing with women because if you just go barging in and you don't know, you know, if even if it's your partner – I make sure now, uh, I've taught myself this with my partner. She comes home and I see her the first time. I ask her, how was your day? Just to get a sense of things. Or I kind of check her out and see what her mood is like. If she's, she says, oh, I'm so exhausted or whatever. I know what she's going to want to do in three hours. She's going to want to watch the housewife show just to like turn her brain off, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is exactly what it is. And that's fine. But um, I think it's tough for guys to uh, lay back a little bit and uh, be sensitized to the feelings and the vibrations of other people, whereas women do this instinctually. Yeah. You know, all the movies I have watched simply because I enjoy hanging out with my wife more than I'm enjoying whatever movie we're watching. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter exactly. of yep. being together and that togetherness and that connection is what it's all about. Well, that's a good place to stick a fork in it, I think. I got to tell you, Robert. It's refreshing and wonderful for me to have a show that I'm conducting with two of the old bulls on the hill together. <laughs> I just love the wisdom and I'm incredibly appreciative of it. Not that we've had guests or any other way on this show, but I think in this particular case, that's the first thing that came to mind and I'm genuinely appreciative of it. Well, I thank you, Scott. I mean, I was single for so long that my when I'd go home on Thanksgiving, nobody even asked me when I was getting married. So uh, I've had the ex <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching through experience and I, I'm learning every day as I go along. Now I have a four year old son. He's teaching me. Yeah. A lot, a lot, as you, I'm sure you know. Well, I'm a 51-year-old guy with a six-year-old daughter and, you and a 10-year-old son, so I absolutely mm -hmm. resonate. You're Italian, right? Uh, Italian, German, French, a whole mix of stuff. But yeah. Okay, uh, right. yeah. The Italian uh, Thanksgiving dinner is legendary for, yeah. when are you getting married? You exactly. need to go find a nice <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Actually, the New York Thanksgiving dinner table is legendary for that, I think. Well, you know, I, I learned something. Um and this is when I knew I was getting married. I went home on one Thanksgiving and I said to my mother, I said, you know, I'm getting married next year. And she said, really? Who? I said, I don't know. I haven't met her yet, but I know I am. And I realized before I went over there that I, what I was doing wrong. I had a lot of long-term relationships and a lot of solid relationships, but just never, they never worked out. And I realized that I was too self-focused and I did not make room. This sounds corny, but it's true, guys. I did not make room in my heart for somebody else. And as soon as I did, the right person walked right into it. And I was engaged in within one year. I don't think that's corny at all. I think that's pretty much derogare for every woman who calls us. That's the thing to do. Uh, you know, they're so busy, they don't have time for a guy in their life. They haven't made room in their heart for this guy. I mean, it seems more like something a woman would say and come to the realization yeah, of. that makes sense, yeah. But women in particular, they find themselves 38 years old and they always wanted to get married and make babies and it hasn't happened yet. And it's for the exact reason you said. I think that's a, a very intuitive observation. And of course, like you said, it worked out like a charm for you. Yes, I'm very lucky. Yep. Uh, guys, if you want to learn more about Robert Manny, he's a writer, blogger, and the author of the novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. 
It is actually a work of fiction, even though it sounds like a work of nonfiction, although I'm sure there's lots of nonfictional lessons to be learned. Yes. Yeah. And you can grab a copy of that by going to robertmanny.com, or I can just make it simpler for you guys, as always, by giving you a different URL, which is www.mountaintoppodcast.com, front slash Manny, M-A-N-N-I is how you spell his last name. And Robert, it's been a pleasure. I think guys are going to get a lot out of this conversation. Thanks so much. I'm uh, I'm happy to come up to the mountaintop anytime, Scott. You're doing great work. Keep it up. Likewise, my friend. Likewise. And guys, if you're not on my newsletter list yet, you need to get over there and get on it because I'm giving you actionable information you can use not only to get better women into your life, but to achieve at a higher level and achieve that mountaintop summit in every area of your life. Go to www.mountaintoppodcast.com and sign up for that newsletter. When you do, I'll give you several free reports. And also, you'll get my book called Sticking Point Solved, which covers just about every question I get on a regular basis about how to be better with women. It's all for you there at www.mountaintoppodcast.com. Also, while you're there, be sure to join our thriving community of men at the Mountaintop Summit on Facebook. That's facebook.com front slash groups, of course, Mountaintop Summit. Until I talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay from San Antonio, Tejas. Be good out there. Mountaintop Podcast is copyright 2016 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast. Mountaintop Podcast.